Now, the earliest remnants of wine were discovered in the northern mountains of Iran, dating back to the Neolithic period between 8500 and 4000 BC. Now, if you enjoy a nice glass of Pinot on a Sunday afternoon, or a cap salve on a Wednesday night after a long day, or maybe you enjoy discovering the right mix of a sweet or a dry wine, today's guest has surely done one thing, and that is connect us all through wine always. A true vintner is what he is. Welcome to Creative Art Radio. foremost i guess i'll introduce myself i am robin mashlangu and i am the creative brain child behind wine always serving you wine always baby let's get into it (laughs) (laughs) no man it's it's actually good to see you robin i think we've been trying to do this for a while bro yeah Yeah. man i'm just happy to finally have made the time to come out here and yeah Yeah. man super stoked and can't wait to get into it nah pleasure thanks for coming through bro um obviously you know these things are never what it is without you know the other half of it and today you are the other half of it um so yeah thanks bro thanks for coming through to 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 interscript uh i know it's going to be a great episode a lot of people have been wanting to have these conversations with you yeah. so so I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to benefit from 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 this so yeah so bro just like just to get straight into it like tell me a little bit about like why wine always what is it how to start and sort of like what was yeah the the idea behind it Okay, cool. Great. Thanks, man. So I think for me, usually, um, I absolutely hate speaking without giving like context with regards to who Robin is, because I think by understanding maybe that context, some of the things that you maybe then see, then make quite a lot of sense. So I think I'll start off by maybe just giving a brief background in terms of just the kind of person I've been conditioned to be. So usually I kind of tell myself, or rather I kind of tell people that um, just kind of looking back uh, upon my life, upon reflection, it's really been characterized by, I think, three um, distinct phases in my life. So, and this is mainly from like my university experience and probably even just before that. So I've always very, I've always been like very culturally inclined. So always into like the arts, um, et cetera. Even I think at school, I did quite a lot of work around that space. And even during my time in uni, um, yeah. I think it was very, very oriented around always looking for new experiences. So I've had um, distinct faces whereby I was probably trying to do like uh, food blogging, etc. Okay. And then another distinct phase whereby I was really trying to be in the startup space. Okay. I think I still am, uh, whereby, you know, 
I was trying to like solve like the health challenges that are being faced here in the Moscow Student Cape Town, etc. Those are the kind of things I used to pitch. And then also just, yeah, I already mentioned the blogging part. So I think when I then kind of look at all those experiences and where I'm at now, I think all those different things really then kind of had a making to me to the point where I then said, okay, fine, let me start wine always. Because one thing that I always try to do is, um, so one of the things that I tell myself in the morning is, you know, I really want to unlock the ability to you to utilize my full mind. Because I'm one of those individuals who see creativity not as a not as a hobby, but as a skill. Okay. Because I think for the longest time I always used to wonder like what what's like what am I good at? Like, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. what is it that I'm like super, super good at? Because it's like, okay, it's cool, yeah, I'm a height, you know, I'm like average at most. Yeah. Singing, yeah, I could kind of sing, but like not really. You know, I know Justin Bieber with the singing thing, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And then yeah. through a lot of reflection, I then just realized that I think my ability to, to connect dots is probably like one of my strongest um, um, aspects about me as an individual. Okay. And just being able to, or the one to always kind of give people an experience. Okay, I see, I see. So let me take you back a bit, Robin. So like, you know, you're talking about, we, we, before we even go into into, into Wine Always, yeah. you know, you're talking about that, uh, the, the startup, that the competition that you won. Obviously, this is a bit of information that I know from from having, you know, known you for, for a little bit. Uh, take me through how that was, you know, starting from, from from the point that you guys started, what it is that you started, what was the business at the time? Yeah, uh, is that something that you've been pursuing right now, or, or or sort of like how was it, you know, being being in that whilst also being in Cape Town and you know just exploring the business scene from 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 that perspective? Okay, I mean, seeing as I'm on Ink to Script, all I'm gonna be is honest today, yeah. right? Not that I'm ever dishonest in any any okay. other point in time, but I think it kind of links back to what I was saying about my strengths. So okay. whilst I was in uni. I realized that, you know what, via academics, I'm like not the best. Like I used yeah. to do enough to pass, but I knew that um, that wasn't so much like my strong suit, but I knew the, the power that my mind used to possess. So I then actually kind of took it upon myself to be like, you know what, let me actually try and do something that shows that in terms of critical thinking and being able to actually solve problems and come up with solutions to things that I face on a day-to-day -day basis, I could actually maybe, you know, create something super super amazing yeah so i started just attending like you know the, these like startup slash entrepreneurship like events etc and the at the one of them i think um i just kind of decided to pitch this other idea that i had around um toll gates and zim around how it, you know those tap and go cards yeah so before they introduced those i was like ah you know tap and go cards. i feel like you know this is That's like the future this is, this is like the future you know yeah. people can just load up their money in their tap and go cards, and they can kind of like move around nice and easy etc yeah. and then from there because I've always just had this mind, which is always good at ideating, seeing problems and trying to fix them. And then from there, I think um, there was an incident uh, in my family whereby uh, my sister had a very unfortunate incident that she then had to get rushed to uh, to the hospital. Yeah. But because of just the timing and everything, um, I think a private hospital was was calling out something like two thousand USD just Jeez. to just just to check her out. And like healthcare is so yeah, expensive. and it was super crazy, right? And then we were like, okay, tell you what. And then the, the doctors recommended saying, okay. The next available uh, option is for you to um, book an ambulance. And then at least if she goes in an ambulance, uh, the team at Parinyatwa will prioritize her and then they can see her like immediately because she needed like an urgent operation. Yeah. So that's what um, I was still back in Cape Town, but that's what my parents ended up doing, right? And then upon them doing that, um, just then kind of hearing the experience that uh, my sister went through around how 
uh, my parents then had to like push her into like the studio because they were like a lack of nurses, etc. Yeah, I was just like, yo, there's a really, really big problem there that um, I feel like needs addressing. And yeah. I just kind of started ideating it with my friend uh, Tino Giacomo. Yeah, and we put in quite a lot of work, just kind of speaking to doctors, etc. And yeah, we ended up uh, entering this pitch competition where we finished second in the ideation phase of the competition and won like ten thousand rand. Nice. And yeah, I mean, we really tried to push that idea. But I think one thing that I also learned from that experience is in order to try and effect something, you have to be on the ground. Yeah. So now there was a certain level of context that we missed because for all intents and purposes, you've got a finance guy and someone studying mechatronics trying to fix um, a problem in the healthcare industry in Zim whilst being based in Cape Town. Yeah, I see. So so trying to do things remotely doesn't really kind of happen doesn't really kind of work yeah so i think yeah then i moved back to zim and then i started working at national foods etc but i think the nice thing is that me and choco always then disciplined saying that these winnings mm-hmm. were not going to touch them and if this idea isn't really coming to fruition right now let's pock those funds and then when something proper and worthwhile comes about at least we know that we've got a starting base to actually then utilize those funds and that's exactly how it can end up working out and um, that's the thing for me i think that's that's like the most interesting so for me personally i feel that's something that 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 really drives me to continue to create, and yeah. from even from 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 an entrepreneur uh, sort of from an entrepreneurship mind, I, I I can relate with that story because there's a time uh, not not so long ago I think two years we had um, a, a wonderful opportunity to to fly out to Kenya yeah. um, under the Health Business uh, School under um, a Health Business Challenge yeah. and similar situation as well you know we came up with this idea. Um, an idea that we're still pursuing, but we popped it. And, you know, we, we said to ourselves, look, this is a great idea, but the funds that we need right now and the funds that we got from that competition yeah. are not going to be able to help us scale this business yeah. to the level that we want yeah. to get it to. Um, and I think in the journey of entrepreneurship, that's something that, you know, a lot of people think about and, and are really hard on themselves. Like, okay, yeah. I tried to do this and it didn't work. So yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah. But, it's also okay to park it, yeah. you know, start something else. Yeah. And then at the right time, because a lot of these things are timing. Yeah. You know, you might have Big great ideas, Big but facts. the timing is just off. Yeah. 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 So so that's an interesting story, which 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 I think I can really relate to and and and, and feel like, you know, sometimes it's not about rushing the idea. So yeah. let, let it, you know, sit sometimes, you know, and at the right yeah. time pick it back up. Exactly. Big yeah. facts. And I think that actually leads into like the perfect introduction in terms of how wine always came about. Okay. Because um when I then started thinking about starting Wine Always, uh, this was around um, September 2020, okay. right? Yeah. And Wine Always is so personal to me because I've always been this individual who's got all these ideas. I'm always ideating. And, you know, I kind of started my journey ideating, ideating, and then I won a competition. But I really felt like I'd never seen something. At, at the time, I was I was framing it as I've never seen something to the point of failure. Okay. Obviously, now I've kind of like rephrased that. But I, I just really wanted to get myself to a point whereby I get through to the end. So it's either okay. I succeed or I fail. Yeah. But at least let me get to an end. Because with all my other ideas, it was just like, oh, I'll really kind of push it, push it, push it. But never really then take that next step to get to the point where it's just like, okay, this thing worked or it didn't work because I never actually then actively pushed it. So yeah, when it came time, when I then got this idea to start wine always, it was super personal to me and super nerve wracking because it's like, wow, I'm actually about to put my name onto something and people are going to associate with Robin. And like, once you kind of get over that hurdle, it's just like it starts flowing. So in terms of just like how the general idea came about, um, I've always been, and I'll link this back um, to 
my time in Cape Town. Okay. I used to um, um, manage this platform called Omene Africa, uh, which I used to run with my uncle, which was basically um, a platform that we tried to create, which was uh, exploring the sights, sounds, and tastes of Southern Africa. Okay. Because we felt that the Southern African story wasn't being um, portrayed enough or no one was really trying to push it like that. So yeah. we then just kind of started this page and, you know, we used to go to like different restaurants and my uh, uncle was big in the uh, art curating space. I was actually just taking residency up in Berlin, etc. Nice. So we were just kind of doing that. I was handling the food stuff, right? So that actually kind of speaks to one of my favorite quotes uh, by Steve Jobs, which says, uh, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them uh, looking backwards, okay. you know? So now when I got to the point of starting wine, always I was just like, actually... I've actually, I've actually always been into this wine thing for, you know, I've yeah. always been into this wine thing for time. And now that I'm here, yeah, I think this is a perfect opportunity for me to actually kind of try and really kind of push this idea. So how it came about was, um, I think I was in um, liquor supplies the one day. Okay. And I'm a big fan of wanting to try new things. Like I absolutely hate trying the same thing twice. It was yeah. the same even back in my food blogging days, whereby, yeah. um, for example, we go to a restaurant and... I'll have maybe starters uh, at one place and yeah. then like, I'll pay the bill there and then I'll go have the uh, second course at a, at a different place. Robin, you're really that guy. No, just to experience, different, you know, just to experience yeah. different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, okay. I've always just been that kind of person who's always just trying to try different things. So yeah. I would go into the store um, and they're, they're super friendly stuff, etc. Like uh, definitely no shade to liquor supplies or whatever. Yeah. But I could never really find anyone who could then recommend something that I, like, okay, no, try this one because based of what you've told me, this I think you'll really enjoy you. this one, okay. right? So most of them will just kind of point me to be like, ah, oh, no, most people who come into the store, they get that one. So we're assuming it's good. But it's just like, no, that's not really personalized because I might not like it. And yeah. I'm telling you, I like this. So based off of that, what do you think I'll like? And that's just kind of how it kicked off. So I've always been kind of into tech. Okay. So the initial idea was to actually have a subscription-based business model so this is going back to 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 the food blogging days, or this no, is wine so, always. So yeah, this is now okay. wine always. Okay, this right? is wine always. And okay. this is now okay, kind of linked you. to the to my tech phase with like what I was trying to do with with the with the health startup, etc. Okay, because I've always you. kind of been tech savvy. So I was like, actually, yeah. uh, let me try maybe to super simplify it. I wanted to have like the Spotify, but for wine. Okay. Whereby based off of how you answer a particular survey, and then based off my ability to then map your taste to certain characteristics in the wine. Because nice. all wines have like this technical analysis which shows you like residual sugar, you know, pH, etc. without getting to all that detail. Okay. There's a way to actually then kind of map your 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 taste buds to what you potentially like in a wine. How do you do that? Because like, you know, for me, I think my my personal favorite would be, you know, like at the present moment, like yeah. my personal favorite, what I'm enjoying yeah. is the Kumusha. Yeah, yeah. That um the caps have. Yeah. That's like my personal favorite. Yeah. But the way I discovered that was my favorite was from me trying different wines. Yeah. But not to say that I had a particular taste that I was more inclined to. Yeah. But when I tried it, I enjoyed it. So how do you then, you know, have that process where you, you know, you actually find what's what's good for your taste buds? So relating it to how it would have worked, for example, or okay. from a from a tech point of view okay yeah. with wine wine is made in a very particular way i mean a lot of different ways but uh there's certain processes that could be uh that are used for particular wine so okay. knowing that back in information and if you tell me that you like kumusha wines it would mm -hmm. then be a pretty not so much simple but like it's possible for you to then kind of map out saying these are the wines are made with this similar process 
they've got these particular um, characteristics uh, based off of the technical analysis and based off of this, we really think that you would enjoy that, you know? So this is something that sommeliers already do, but like just kind of putting all that knowledge in a tech-based platform. But following on from that, right? Yeah. One thing that I then realized was I was trying to overcomplicate it because now all of a sudden I'm thinking tech and I'm like, no, actually, like, why am I overcomplicating this right now? Essentially what I need to be doing, right, is... Mm -hmm. Buying and selling, right? Okay. We live we live in Zim, so like I'm gonna use a colloquial term, kuhoda. I usually <laughs> say kuhoda. <laughs> kuhoda, like, yeah. Let me simplify the model. Mm-hmm. Let me just start off by buying wines from South Africa, okay, and selling them in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. right? And then obviously within that process, there's like strategy that's involved. So for me, because I know that I'm a new entrant into the market, I'm a small player. I don't have ability to to access like big orders so that I can drive down my my purchasing prices. Yeah, I was like, you know what? What I'm gonna do is I know I've got good knowledge of wine, yeah. right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for exceptional wines that the current players in the market don't stock. Okay. So that when you, as a Nessu, like the wine that you just tasted, it's very unfortunate, but you can actually only find it from wine always. Yeah, I see. Because that's something I was going to ask you as well. You know, because you, you, as you rightfully said, you know, you go into, especially in a town like Harare, right? Or even in Zim, there's specific places where you can get you know, your wine. So if you're looking at uh, at uh, Marari, you're going to Liga Supplies. If you can't go to Liga Supplies, then you're going to to your normal, um, your shops, yeah. you know, your spas, your barma shares. Yeah. And, and what they have is sort of like stock, yeah. right? Like that stock wine. So your Nederbergs, your, yeah. your, your, your standard wine, stock. Your standard stock. So it looks like right? there's a lot of range, but if you actually didn't really look into it, it's actually not that big a range because most of them actually also they get supplied by like one or two players. Yeah. So they're actually all stocking the same stuff. Exactly. You know, you know and, and, and I think... For, 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 for from like someone who's looking um, outside looking in, I think, you know, with wine always what then drew me to, you know, becoming a, a customer was the fact that, you know, the it was a niche in the sense that if if I wanted something different, as you rightfully said, you know, the place I'm going to go is is wine always. I'm going to go on the Instagram page and say, okay, what's the wine of the week? What do you guys have? Where is this coming from? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that backstory as well gives, you know, that the, the the customer that edge, that drive to be like, okay, cool. Let me let me try something new. Let me let me find out um, what this wine is about, um, which is something that I particularly enjoyed about about wine always and the wines that they serve. Yeah, yeah, literally, bro. So I mean, for me, that's just kind of like the the zone and the space that I try and operate in. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, being a, a new player in the market, you're always then just trying to. One thing that always kind of drives me is how can I take something that people are used to and reimagine it or repackage it in a new and engaging way? Okay. So I usually say that um, one thing um, that sometimes irks me, not about, because I mean, there's like a lot of new and exciting brands that are on the come up here in Zim, but the more traditional brands is even with the approach to marketing, it's more, it's static. There's no engagement, you know, they're not really showing us the process, et cetera. Very little personalization. So for me, that's probably one of the biggest things that um, I really wanted my brand to then be defined by. Because for me, it was always around the customer experience. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. how am I benefiting the customer? Like, I want, I want it to be a delight. Okay. So it's an experience yeah. and value. Yeah. It's so, so, value. so would you say that, you know, when you, when you, when you looked at it, it's more from an angle of, okay, this is a product that's readily available. Right. So we yeah. look at wine. Right, wine is really available. So then, yeah. from there, what you then go into is to look at the value aspect. Yeah. So for me to go from just selling ordinary wine, 
Yeah. Right. How can I attract someone to say, okay, cool, this is something that I can easily get in, let's say, Bramashi or Spa, but yeah. I'm going to go to Wine Always. Yeah. You start looking at it from a value aspect. Yeah, literally, okay. from a value okay. point of view. So, I mean, I like the fact that I'm on Ink to Script right now. So, even just like through my ideation process, yeah. it's, um, it's very specific, it's very targeted. So, I'm then looking at like, okay, fine, I want to sell wine, but who am I trying to sell wine to? Okay. Because that's the, that's the other thing that I feel like some people might sometimes get wrong, whereby you're trying to like target everyone initially. Yeah. You literally do not have the scope when you're starting out to target everyone. Yeah. So I then had to be very, very strategic and specific around the kind of person that I'm trying to appeal to as wine always. Okay. So the process that I went through with that was I'm going to target the Instagram generation. Mm. So I'm going to target people who are into unboxing. Okay. You know, so like I, I was always seeing these trends of like people who buy like new kicks. Yeah. And, you know, they'll, like, record, like, the unboxing. Oh, look, Jordan yeah. 1s or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I just bought food from this place. People are, like, people are, like, always on the phones, you know, trying to show. Yeah. Uh, not, 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 like, in a, in a weird way, but just, like, like showing with your friends, sharing with your friends. Like, oh, yeah. I just got this new thing, you know. Yeah. So, for me, it's, like. And I think okay, that's the important part as well. Like, I'm, I'm super into kicks. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like I enjoy the unboxing. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah, it's, you know? an, it's experience, an experience. Bro. Like, ah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, for sure. That's actually why when I started, um, the boxes were like a very, very big part mm. of my of my penetration strategy because yeah. it's something usually like, oh, what's in the box? You know, it's like yeah. what am I gonna get in the box, etc. So like a lot of time and effort went into just designing of that box and you know, f- engaging, finding suppliers. So yeah. Wine always is actually it's actually more than just um a wine business. You know, I usually say okay. that um my personal philosophy is kind of feeds off of um um, the proverb of it takes a village to to raise a child. Okay. So I believe it's the exact same thing uh, in the context of um, I'll call them small businesses. Yeah. In the sense that it's a community of small business owners that actually can feed off of each other to create something super amazing. True. So how can me as wine always support uh, you know um, co-create who produces uh, my packaging for example? Okay. By me doing well inevitably she's doing well because if i'm getting orders that means i'm ordering more boxes from her etc yeah. for example you know what i mean so it's like there's like this community of creative people that are doing super amazing things yeah. and there's so many ways in which we can begin to leverage off of each other mm. and actually support and create the future that we're actually trying to see yeah i believe in change by doing yeah so it's like right. for me it's like um when all is said and done right what i'm trying to achieve is i'm trying to be a vessel in which people can see that uh, being a successful person, you can actually really do that in Zim one and to sure. do it in an honest and standout way, whereby you're not ripping people off, you're not putting crazy margins. Mm. It's just by running a good solid business where it's like, wow, that's I really can't believe this business, this institution is so honest and it's so caring and it's customer centric, you know. Because yeah. I mean, sometimes some of the business that we interact with, you know, like. Someone tell you like, man, if you don't want it, you can go. Like it's actually calm. Like I don't need your business. And it's like, right. no, like I think we really need to start kind of changing that mentality and you know lead by doing. So I think as wine always, as as Robin, those are some of the things that really kind of drive not only me but some of my business decisions in terms of how I approach uh, wine always. Okay, I see, I see, I see. And you know, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned two interesting, really two like things that I that that stood out for me. The first one was the ability to create a network of small businesses that support each other indirectly. Yeah. But from that you get direct relationships that everyone benefits. Yeah. You know, so when you look at um uh, Sharon, for example, when yes. she when she does your your your, your packaging, 
you yeah. know from that people are going to ask you and they then they, they're going to want to find out from you like who uh makes your packaging for you yeah you know? and from there you then refer i will freely and, give out that information because it's know? just like i've got nothing to lose yeah because at the end of the day like you said yeah. you're making money she's making money yeah. your business is growing her business is growing exactly and and from there um you know all the businesses keep growing and i think that's like something that not a lot of people have caught on to yet the, yeah. the, that business grows primarily through a referral basis yeah like put me on put me in coach you know <laughs> and it's just an observation that i've made like with 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 some you know not not to say that everyone thinks in the same way but yeah. some of my own personal experiences i've yeah. noticed that you know some people would will withhold information in yeah. in the in in the event that you know maybe you're in the same industry yeah. you you go into it and say look i'm i'm doing a certain thing but i'm not going to give you the information because yeah. i'm going to think that's going to put you back yeah but actually what that does is it it improves one the industry as a whole yeah and two uh i i believe that competition has never been a bad thing yeah you know the, the more the better brands that you have within an industry or whatever market it is yeah. the only the it can only go up from there because you know the quality will continue to improve you know what i mean that's a big fact so like yeah. even let's look at direct competition for example like yeah. if someone wants to approach me and say like i'm trying to get into the space yeah like i'll actually really help you to get your business up because i know some of the pitfalls that i've gone through etc yeah and for me it's just trying to normalize uh playing on a level playing field mm. in the sense that let's my value proposition let's fight on a value proposition point of view more than uh yeah. oh no i'm actually not going to tell you information about how to do this how to do that because i'm scared that you're gonna come into my zone yeah like you actually being in my space like as much as it's nice to operate in, in a blue ocean etc but the more players that come into the market it actually also helps me grow yeah helps me grow my business because it's like okay actually i can't be too comfortable you know exactly. how am i interacting with my customers like exactly. once i have my customers like i need to retain my customers so i need to make sure that they're always front and center of everything that i'm thinking about you know what i mean and certain things like that actually builds the industry and it actually makes it more accessible to more people because exactly. that's one thing that people don't realize is mm. there's enough pieces of the pie for all of us to be able to eat facts so if i'm preaching the wine gospel and there's another player who's preaching the wine gospel mm. what people then don't see is more people are becoming knowledgeable about wine for example exactly so if the market is growing mm. naturally mm. my sales are going to go up i'm not taking a loss whereas if i then try and shield you etc the market isn't really necessarily growing and people aren't really coming on to this new product or whatever because now the more knowledgeable people are people naturally will drift try new things and maybe you put them on yeah but through them wanting to try new things they'll try my product and then they'll really like my product because i now have a better value proposition yeah so rather let's fight and be competitive from a value proposition point of view not so much on so ah no like i'm not trying to have you come into this market no i, I feel like as young people yeah trying to make it in zoom i think that's definitely something right. that i'm really trying to normalize and i hope that you know it's something that kicks on yeah and 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 you know going from that i think that's something that i've seen that's slightly changing in the fact in the sense that you know when i look at up, up and coming brands doesn't matter what industry it is yeah it's it's mostly you know people are starting to focus on quality facts you know and again it just goes to show the more brands that you have in whatever space yeah the more quality starts to increase yeah. you know what i mean you Literally. see that this guy is doing uh packaging like look i have to get onto packaging as well yeah this person is using a different quality 
t-shirt for for their stuff like okay i need to and it's fire and it's literally yeah and it's fire like yo this is fire yeah. how you do that how yeah. you do that you know what i mean and yeah. that's something that's exciting i mean like i feel like you know a lot of the times you know you look at southern africa and yeah. like you look at south africa it's booming yeah you know you look at um uh another place that's crazy right now zambia because it's an entire booming. creative industry literally you know I mean? it's a creative you know, industry you, know you can mean? literally you know be you that could be your job yeah, your, your like you people know? would ask you what are you you can say yeah. i'm a creative director yeah. and you're making real peace bro yeah exactly you know what i mean exactly. but zim you'd find with us you know that like you need to be you need to have your side hustle, right? Yeah. You need to have your job there. You <laughs> yeah. need to have a side yeah. hustle that's yeah, supporting the side hustle. Projects on the side, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, bro, and, like, that's not sustainable. In the long run, yeah. if you think about it, like, yeah. that's, like, hours that you're putting in every single yeah. day. That's hours on top of hours on top yeah. of hours. And yeah. if you're not, like, fully focused, one is going to lag. Yeah. And, and and you know, that's, like, so, like, how do you, for, for you as well, like, I would, like, want to know, like, how do you, like, balance that, you know, draw, your your full your full time work gig, yeah. you know you've got your side hustles going on the side. Yeah. Also, you want to continue to increase your your reach, your scope, and also yeah. make some money as yeah. well. Yeah. For the record, I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yo, for if my employees listening, just listen. <laughs> I love my job, right? I love yeah. my job, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very challenging, man. And for me, it's been a very very big learning curve because. Uh, especially when you start, it's like you're doing everything. So you're doing procurement, yeah. you're doing the marketing, mm. you're attending to the customers. Yeah. And I'll actually then touch um, on that in terms of now, like trying to grow and expand, but also yeah. trying to make sure they're keeping some of those core aspects um, present. But it's super, super challenging uh, mm. because you're trying to be present in both your lives. So on the one hand, you've got this uh, business that you're running that you're super, super passionate about and you want to yeah. make sure that you're present for that. But at the same time, because you're professional, you know that um you your time is work. also owned by your employer yeah so you really also need to be very very present at that yeah and also naturally i'm a very ambitious person so i actually want to do very very well at both aspects yeah right so just kind of managing that it's you just have to be super organized and for me how that's right. been looked is just everything is planned everything is scheduled in so okay. like all my close friends know they'll be like Yo, I know you're super busy. Like, uh, can you can you create some time? And it's like yeah. it's not anything weird, but it's like they understand that okay, like I've got specific times that I have to be doing specific things. Yeah. So and I need to be doing that thing. So it just kind of really drives me to be super super efficient. But what that's also then taught me, especially as the business has grown, is um, I'm always thinking about scale. Okay. Right. For me, mm -hmm. I think one thing that keeps me up uh, late at night every day scale. is thinking about scale. Yeah. Uh, I think I once was listening to a Strive Masiwa um, interview where he was talking about okay. a, a lot of the times people don't actually think about how their businesses are scalable. Yeah, you know? and that's massive, you know you what know? I mean? Because like you would find, you know, uh, with with scaling, you know, as you were saying, now I was just thinking, like the the, the first few months of a business are always the easiest, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's There's the, hype, hype, friends are buying, friends are buying, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a friend is putting on a friend, yeah. and everyone is like, yo, that's fine, like I'm trying to yeah, go into it as yeah. well. And then from there, it goes into month number two, right? And then month number two is when the real work starts. It's like, oh, y'all ain't buying no more? All right, why am I buying? The real work starts there. And for me, it's now really trying to be super intentional, like having strategies and like trying to employ like small little strategies. So for example, one thing that I realized was, um, and because you're learning on the fly, like I'm Facts. not a digital marketing expert, etc. But because it's your thing, you have to learn everything, which is also yeah. very 
like super empowering. Mm. So I realized that, okay, like I'm still selling wine, but I'm selling wine on the low. Yeah. You know, so like one of the small things that I started doing is like every time I actually make a sale, uh, let me actually post about it because okay. usually I was kind of relying on people who didn't post it, but like it's not always the case. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Every time I make a sale, I'm actually just going to post about it so that it kind of creates this, it's not so much an illusion because I'm selling wine, but it's like, like, oh, people are actually buying this product. People yeah. are actually into this product. Oh, people are actually be ordering every day. Yeah. So it's like other people were seeing this like, oh, actually, let me, let me try this wine. Always. Let what me actually this wine see what it's about. That people yeah. keep bugging about, etc. You know what I mean? And mm. For me, it's there's something super powerful about offering a good service because okay. you, the point that you're always trying to take it to is creating evangelists for you. Mm. So, for example, I hear that. I'm not on Twitter personally as an individual. Wine always is not on Twitter as an individual, right? Yeah. But um, I think one of my biggest customers right now actually was bullied. Yeah. I, I say bullied in a, in a, in a light-hearted way, but it's yeah. like they were bullied on Twitter saying because I think um uh, they were asking, oh, where can I? But I wish someone delivered wine in Arari. Yeah. And then I think uh, one of my friends saw it and then like wine always. Yeah. And then people just started commenting, like, yeah, no, there's this company called Wine Always, like they're super, super efficient. Yeah. And then like I think four or five people were in a mention. And then she's like, okay, guys, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, now yeah. she's like, now yeah. they're like one of my biggest customers. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like by offering a good service, you know, people aren't afraid mm. to recommend you. Exactly. You know, so that's exactly. a, it kind of ties back to just always trying to make sure that you know you're doing the right thing Value. and you just you know always super present. And yeah, man, that's just how I try and conduct it. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Because like you keep like you keep saying, you know, the power of social media. Social media is such an important tool in, in business nowadays. Yeah, 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 you know, and if that value is not there within your business, there's no chance as a customer, I'm gonna look at it and be like, Okay, cool, I'm gonna uh, refer this person or even if i'm on twitter someone asks me a question i'm not going to then go say okay look there's this service that can help you out if i don't if i don't even believe yeah, in that big fact. in that you know in that in that service so just to take you back a bit like on scaling as well because yeah. i think you know for a lot of business owners a lot of startups as well yeah. that's a part where you know we struggle a lot yeah you know so looking at wine always yeah and and just looking at it uh from a business model as well you know, because um, primarily what I would say is that you're you are in the retail business. Yeah. So, you know, so branding is very, very important for you. Yeah. Right. And what you then want to do is um, get uh, sponsorship and partnerships with these with these, you know, wine brands as well. So, that yeah. you know, as opposed to buying and reselling, yeah. it's now endorsements. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what would you say in terms of scaling is sort of some of the things that you've been thinking about or that you've looked at and said, OK, look, these are areas that, you know, the business could be could could slightly do better and yeah. this is how we could scale going into year two three four and five okay so i think the precursor to scaling is having systems in place okay all right that's number one and yeah. what i mean by that is at no point can i scale a business one man like yeah. i'm gonna need a team okay right because at no point if i'm saying that i'm trying to target or be uh servicing ten thousand people in zimbabwe mm. at no point will i then be able to be doing the accounts be doing the social media yeah, be doing yeah. the maybe the deliveries etc so you always then have to just look and be like okay fine in terms of where i'm at right now what's the next incremental change okay. that i can make yeah because and at every stage you're always trying to make sure that you're doing your current customers mm. uh, a big service because they're now used to you doing um things a certain way and now when you think about okay fine if i'm going to get someone else to do this particular thing how am i going to train them because yeah. they still need to be able to deliver this thing the way in which i as an individual as the owner of this thing was doing been able it, to you know so it's like you're starting to get into all those different conversations so for example 
the first thing that I had to think about was um, how am I going to scale in terms of my reach? Okay. Right. How am I going to scale in terms of my reach? Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, fine. I could offer the delivery service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Or I could offer uh, pickup collections, okay. right? Without maybe getting to some of my strategies that I'll use for that. But it's cool, like, yeah. um, okay, fine. I'll have a pickup collection, for example, in Avondale, mm. one in Borodale, one in Greendale. Mm. And because remember now what, what I'm also doing is accumulating customer data, right? Yeah. So that's one thing that I feel like as small businesses, you actually think that you're not in that game. Yeah. But every time you're servicing your customer, you better be making some form of log mm. around what they're ordering, mm. how, how often they order, et cetera, the locations in which they stay, because it actually mm. then really, really helps and assists you to say, okay, fine, if I know that 60% of my customer base is, let's say, for example, in Mandara, yeah, it 100% then makes sense if I'm going to say I'm going to have a collection point, to have a collection point in Mandara. Yeah. Because what that really does is it allows me to operate way more efficiently. Yeah, because then at least if you have like 15 customers in Mandara, you know, at least okay, if seven order, I'm going to be there and exactly. they can all come. Okay. Exactly, because it's all about, or even if it's like, okay, fine, maybe not a collection point, but like one thing that, um, and just to kind of uh, digress a little bit, one yeah. thing that I've realized by running a, a business or yeah. a small business is one thing that we struggle with is um, the logistics element of it. Mm. So for me is, when I'm thinking about scale is, how is wine always going to service a customer that wants to buy something in Mutare? Okay. You know, in Gweru. Yeah. Because I was saying that they know wine lovers in Gweru. No, yeah. who's servicing them out there? Yeah. Recently, I had an inquiry of uh, this um, customer who's in Chimani Mani. Okay. She's like. And they were like, man, the, the selection in Chimani Mani is not the greatest. Yeah. It's like, man, how am I going to get wine always to Chimani, Chimani Mani, et cetera? Yeah. So you start kind of ideating and like, so scale is almost like, yeah, you can think about scale, but it's just like, how are you trying to scale? What what aspect of your business are you trying to scale? Mm. And scale is really kind of linked to logistics. So, I mean, there's a scaling in terms of in terms of like user reach, in terms of like people knowing your business. Mm. And that speaks more on the on the social media side, et cetera. Yeah. Like, how am I going to get the word out there? So I'll freely tell you on the podcast now. So mm. I'm a big believer in, in organic growth, right? So I've actually used very, very little um, sponsored ads. I'm pretty sure I'll get there eventually. Yeah. But my biggest drive right now was wanting to grow this thing organically because with organic interaction and people who bump into you, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that's quite interesting. That's not being advertised, but that, that looks super cool. So one, yeah. for example, one tool that I've used to grow organically is mm. through my Dreamy Fridays playlist that I okay. run every Friday. Yeah. So to kind of give you the backdrop in terms of how that came about, I was yeah. like, I looked at wine, right? Because we're talking about what industry, et cetera. Yes, I am in retail, but it's just mm -hmm. like, it's broader than just retail because I'm in yeah. the experiential space. Okay. You know, because wine... said experiential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. experiential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, what is associated with the wine? Okay. So, so you start building like a user map. So it's like, yeah. me as Robin, you as an issue, when you're drinking wine, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. You might be, you know, relaxing with your family, relaxing with, um, with your friends. Yes. Within that relaxing, what are you doing? You probably listening to music, mm -hmm. you know? Okay, when do people kind of link up with their friends for sundowners, etc.? Yeah. I think a Friday, right? Yeah. They link on a Friday. Cool. Let's maybe have a playlist that my customers curate and that I'll change every Friday. So like okay. every every Friday, I've got one of my Quine Always customers curate a playlist. Mm. And then I create a nice little video for them. And then it's a chance for their friends to listen to their playlist because they're going to repost the video, et cetera. Yeah. People will engage with that, um, with that video. Be like, oh, what is this? 
create a playlist on Spotify. What wine always? What's wine always? Oh, wine, online wine retail store. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Like, let's follow this thing. And yeah. you know, it's it's been so interesting building wine always because you have to be super super intentional about not getting carried away about what kind of business you're trying to run. So initially, people exactly. thought that I was a gifting business okay. because so like just like gifts, um, all types of gifts or like no. So it's like because I was doing that packaging with the, with the, I'm still doing it, but it's like yeah. so people thought I don't know. It's a it's a gifting business. So it's like if you want to buy someone wine in a box, you go to wine always. But it's oh, like, no, I see. Yeah, I'm actually an online wine retail store. Okay, yeah. So it's, I'm basically like an okay, but for wine, for wine, but yeah. online, and you can order and then we deliver. Okay, you know. So it's yeah. always just kind of like trying to make sure that you're coming back to that point, and then speaking to your point of scaling, it's mm-hmm. like, how do you scale that kind of business model? Hmm. How do you scale that kind of business model? And it's now just kind of using very, very, very smart tactics around your social media campaigns and how, with the people that you're trying to target. Yeah. And really just being super, super specific around how you're then trying to conduct your business. I hear that. And I think, you know, with 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 that, I think, you know, looking at it from from what you said, you know, trying to grow it organically, you know, something like wine. I, I from just like, again, outside looking in, I feel like most of your customers you would find are not probably might not even use Instagram as much, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And again, it's through someone having a good experience and then yeah. saying, look, there's I got this here. I got this there. Yeah. And then from there, you grow a, a customer base that's filled with repeat customers yes. as opposed to having let's say a million instagram followers but these are people that are engaging with your content yeah. just because it looks nice yeah you know but once you build that repeat customer customer yeah. basis yeah now you're in the real business yeah you know and then from there you continue to grow yeah and also just kind of following on from that in terms mm. of because i mean there's so many different types of skill but how i think about how i'm going to scale my business it's, it always comes back down to user insights okay so when i started wine always for example i started yeah. with mid-ranged wines in okay. the sense that my wines were ranging from around 12 dollars to, to 25 right okay yeah. and then I was like, okay fine i think not that i've kept that entire market but it's mm-hmm. like i think for now i've done quite well in terms of like engaging with that with that client base etc mm-hmm. now in terms of scaling in terms of getting more people onto the product mm-hmm. in terms of continuing to drive sales what other sub niches are there within this broader wine thing, right? So okay. I realized that Zimbabweans have a very, very big affinity to sweet things. Mm. So the market for sweet wine drinkers is actually even bigger than yeah. people who like the dry stuff, right? Yeah. So it's now like, okay, fine, from a product point of view, how am I changing or what product am I offering to appeal to more people, mm-hmm. right? So now I've started kind of onboarding like sweeter wines, Moscatos, et cetera, okay. that people really are drawn into. And that's like a super, super fast moving line right now, mm. right? And then not only that, it's understanding your customer's um, decision-making tree, okay, right? And trying to then plug into all those different things. So to kind of give an example of that, you will have people that will tell you that, uh, listen, I've got a hard budget on wine. Like I can only, I can't spend more than $10 mm. on wine. Like mm. I love wine, but I've got a hard cap. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. That's okay. that's my budget. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it's like okay, fine. As a business, how can I then address those people who have that particular decision making tree? Mm-hmm. So for me now, it's like okay, fine. I'm gonna have a range called everyday drinking wines. Okay. So wines that you don't have to really think too much about. It's an everyday uh, wine where it's like it's five bucks between five to ten bucks. Trying to now service that broader range of people that want wines that are ten dollars or less. Yeah. But it's very important in terms of staging because if yeah. you do that too quickly. 
you're going to confuse your initial model. It's like, oh, That's what true. are you doing? What's happening here? So it's like, you slowly start ushering it in. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. You go for now, like the, you're, you're still kind of basing it off of your core principles of mm. trying to provide quality wine. Yeah. But it's like, at this price range, this is the best one. And I know once you taste this one, mm. you're going to love it and you're going to keep coming back. Mm. You capture that market. That's one. Two. Okay, fine. Um, I've been hearing you. I've been hearing you. Oh, sweet wines. You want sweet wines? Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Let me source some a sweet wine for you. For guys, you. That, that you guys are going to love. <laughs> yeah. You know, that you guys are going to love. Yeah. And then you find it and you're just like, okay, mm. cool. Let's see if you, uh, if, if my customers are feeling that. If they're feeling that, okay, I'm onto something. Yeah. You order more and then you've kind of grown your market there. Yeah. So you've kind of caught maybe Harare. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, fine. Next step to the scaling equation is, okay, Harare, I think I'm doing quite well. Mm. Uh, Mutari, mm. Shishavani, I don't know, you know, yeah. what, what's happening there? Let's see if they someone maybe I can leave some stock with there and kind of see if I can grow it over there. Mm. But mm. one thing mm. that I'm also realizing is in Zim, because I'm super passionate about just like the digital economy, is yeah, um, you then have to kind of balance it out with um, online is good, but I feel like, especially in the industry that I'm in, and I say industry. Alcohol is almost like in the FMCG space. Yeah. So, so when you say FMCG, it's what like do you mean? fast moving consumer goods. Okay. So it's like things that it's like, for example, you eat every day. Yeah. You're going to buy a packet of Zapnex. Mm. You're going to eat them today. Mm. You're going to finish. You're going to go back to the store tomorrow. You're mm. going to buy some more. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like fast. It's like it's in, it's out. You know, so alcohol is the exact same thing. Like if people are drinking and mm. alcohol runs out at 10, yeah. people are panicking. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Are we going to get another bottle or whatever the case, whatever you think, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, and that happens often as well. Literally, yeah. You know? So you need to also understand the space that you're playing in, and like understand all those dynamics, and like, okay, mm. how can you service and continue servicing and growing and meeting those particular needs? And naturally, that's actually how you start growing. Mm. But all of that is based off the systems that you'd have set initially around your core team, who's doing the, who's going to be doing the deliveries, who's going to be doing the social media, etc. Yeah. And you then just kind of start growing and scaling from there. And you know, I think you know that's that's so important. Again, in terms of scaling, because you find that I think a lot of the times we do forget that within every market, there is price margins that appeal to certain customers. Yeah, exactly. So within uh, your your target market, right, there are going to be clients that will want something that's high end and yeah. high end only. Yeah. Right? But that doesn't mean you're going to be selling wines that are 35 and up only. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you still need to say, exactly. as you said, you still need to service people who have that cap who say, look, I want something that's 10 and below, but maintaining quality as yeah. well. So you're giving them the best yeah. quality at that price yeah. point, you know, and, and that's, that's really important. And the timing of that also is important because, you know, when you're building your brand, you don't want off the bat for people to be like, okay, no, that's a cheap brand. You don't you know? want, you don't want them to be confused. You don't want, to be, you don't exactly. want them to be confused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So striking that balance. So now how do you strike that balance between, you know, building your brand, maintaining that, that one value proposition to, making sure that your customer understands who you are and what you offer, right? Mm. But also maintaining that that image of I service everyone and I appeal to everyone without them losing, you know, what yeah. your brand is. So it always comes down to the why in mm. terms of like, why did you start wine always? Like, what were you trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Because I think that really then kind of assists you before you make a decision saying that if I do this thing, yeah, is it still serving my broader goal? Okay. So, for example, even when I think about expanding the range, it's like I was not super tempted when I was trying to get the cheaper wines. It's like, oh, let me just get something that's already like in liquor supplies because I know it's, I can land at that price, etc. But it's like, no, actually, that's yeah. actually moving away from 
what it is that I set out to do, which was to introduce people to new and exciting wines yeah. that they that they like. That they like and that they won't readily find. Mm-hmm. So now it's like you're always guided by that thing. It's like, oh, if I want to scale, but like I know that my anchor is trying to find new wines that yeah. people enjoy that they are not accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So that's always then kind of like your 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 true north. Yeah. So no matter what you do, you've got that anchor and you're always kind of very, very conscious. Like this is exactly like, what this I'm is saying. this is it. Yeah. You know, and to add on to that as well, it's also then a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing and able to try things, try things fast. Mm-hmm. If they don't work, it's like, okay, fine. That's an L, but that's okay. Cause I've learned maybe it's for, it's for later. And then you mm-hmm. just kind of continue growing and continue building growing. off of that wave. And I think that's really been my approach mm-hmm. around um, ideating what products to bring on next, mm-hmm. how I can continue to service my current customers and how I can appeal to new customers in, in like, other sub niches for example yeah and it's funny that you say that one of my favorite quotes uh from from will smith on in this one video is saying you know the best way to succeed is to fail forward yeah you know big facts. you know try what you need to try yeah if it goes south take your out and then continue to move forward and yeah. try the next thing yeah. and then just continue to fail forward and then just you know continue to to, to move forward because i feel like even within the startup space you know a lot of people um don't handle failure well yeah and a lot of people then feel that once you've failed yeah that's that's pretty much the end of that yeah you know and i think with the more time that you spend in startup spaces the more yeah. that you understand that you're going to fail so many so many more times than you win yeah but when you win the wins are so big that you feel like you didn't fail as much yeah all right so for you, what would you say some of those stumbling blocks have been like when you look at wine and say, yo, this was like tough, but yeah. at the same time, how do you, how did you then, you know, manage some of those failures and from there, what then propelled you to say, okay, look, this is something that I really want to do. Um, and then that you keep doing every single day and that just keeps moving forward. Yeah. So I think from a wine point of view, like, yeah. thank God I haven't hit like a, a super massive, like, oh, where it's just like, oh, I really failed at that. Yeah. But yeah. I think the failure came beforehand and. Uh, shout out to one of my friends, Tinotina Chibebe, who actually just uh, dropped Hey, shout book. out. He actually yeah. just dropped a book, yeah. He dropped a book in the recent months called um, The Black Opportunity, looking mm. into um, the VC space. Okay. Uh, but he basically, when I started Wine Always, um, he was like, he reached out to like, Robin, like, um, like, I'm so proud of you for, like, um, starting again. Because mm. he had kind of known, like, what I was trying to do with, mm. with my doc, etc. Yeah. And you're saying that a lot of people will fail and then trying to put themselves out there again is like probably like the scariest thing to like, like ever, mm. not that I failed per se, but I didn't see it through. So it's mm. like, now you kind of be like hesitating saying, Oh man, like what are people going to think? Like I'm that guy who's always trying to do something and they never really does anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. just like those small, they're like always small, important actors that say the most powerful things mm-hmm. along the way. I've never actually told them that, but like James, like those small things, that cosign where it's like, man, like, yeah. I see congratulations for like, trying something again like keep at it and to be honest it's one of those things like it's trial and error you keep trying Mm -hmm. things and eventually you're going to stumble into something that Mm -hmm. you're really going to enjoy and that you can push passionately and for me wine always it comes so easy to me Mm -hmm. so like i'll have a super super hard work uh, day at my at my day job yeah and then after that like i'm probably like running around doing wine always stuff for example yeah and then when i get back home i'm tired but i'm Mm -hmm. smiling Cause you know you've put in a shift you know i'm yeah. tired but i'm smiling and i feel happy i know that feeling you know it's just like yeah. wow like i'm tired but i really really enjoy this yeah you know and i'm so happy that i finally found something that 
come so natural to me mm-hmm. because I think I like the uh, dichotomy in which I exist in, in terms of um, my my formal job where it's like mm-hmm. process driven. It's like, you know, something has to go from point A to point B. Yeah. And it was kind of stifling my creativity a little bit uh, yeah. in the initial stages because obviously you're at the bottom of the food chain somewhat. Yeah. So it's like you're not really doing like the super, super fun stuff that, you know, all like your superiors will be doing. So it's like, yeah. man, I need something that will continue to like drive my creativity mm-hmm. and just being able to then channel all that energy and keeping my mind sharp mm. by running wine always, by being in a position where but I'm still able to actually make small, minute decisions yeah. around strategy without having to clear it with anyone has really kind of assisted me to just grow as an individual yeah. and it's actually now complementing both my performance from a formal work point of view and wine always because I'm the two almost like exist in a symbiotic space yeah and you can fully be immersed you know, in both because what I'm learning at work I'm applying it at wine always mm-hmm. but also some of the decision making skills and just the composure that I have to have <laughs> running a business <laughs> yeah. is assisting me not to panic when things are shaking maybe in some of the stuff that I'd be doing in the formal setting you know what I mean so yeah it then just kind of works out like that, you know? Mm. Mm. So it sort of comes like full circle. Yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 thank God it's kind of come full circle. Thank God. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. You know, it's, 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 it's a very, I won't say, I don't know if it's weird, but it's a very fulfilling feeling, yeah. you know, when you then look at both and look at it from a perspective that look in your eight to five, you're, you're, you're doing, you know, the best that you can and you're succeeding at yeah. that. And at the same time, when you knock off, you know, you start doing uh, something else on the side, and that's going well yeah, as well. Yeah. And I, I find for me, what's what's funny is that when I actually tell people that I work within the financial services yeah. um, industry, yeah. people always laugh and they're like, "There's no way." Like you like, joking? You joking? Yeah, exactly. Huh? You know, joking, it's, always, like <laughs> it's always one of those like, how, "How did you even like end up completely not?" You know, like creative industry, financial services, those are like two completely yeah. you know different things, but yeah. like. Again, if you look at the principles of it, you know, it's one, who are you working with? You're working with customers. What are you selling? A yeah. service or a product? Yeah. Right? How are the, how are the clients receiving the, yeah. the product or the service? Yeah. It's exactly the same principles. Yeah. It's just a different objective, yeah. essentially. Different you know, context. Different context, yeah. different objective. Yeah. And, and you can just fully get immersed in both. And, you know, it, it becomes so fulfilling when you can do both so well. Yeah, big facts. And you know, that's just the kind of um, the space that... Um, I exist in mm. and i think what brings everything together is just the brand yeah wine always the brand like that's something that i'm always then trying to then make sure that i'm always then trying to drive like what brand am i trying to build yeah um but even just going beyond that one of the things that i feel like people don't actually speak about quite a lot about trying to run something and being the custodian of of a business is having to live almost like two different lives mm. um and i'm speaking from in the context of someone who's running a business but also has a, has a formal job because yeah. you've got you're wearing two different hats and yeah. it can get very very overwhelming and there's certain times where you can where it's just like all the people in me are tired <laughs> you know like like, yeah. like corporate robin is tired <laughs> wine always robin is tired but yeah. you just have to always show up yeah and it's something that can be very very tiring mm. or even just like so giving a personal example for me it's like um yeah I'm, i would like to think that i'm a very easy to talk to guy but one thing that i struggle with um is i'm not actually the biggest fan of um putting myself out there in terms of like from a social media perspective okay but i also run an online company which requires me 
to all his social media, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And for me, the one of the things that actually drives me is trying to get this to a point whereby I can now then be behind the scenes mm. and just let my creative process go run free, but not necessarily then have to be the face of the brand. So that's one of the things that I'm always trying to, that I'm still trying to figure out, to be honest, if and I'm being like honest, is like, yeah. am I trying to be the face mm. um, of the brand? So like mm. I usually use this uh, this example of, uh, let's use um, a big example like Tesla and Elon Musk. Yeah. You can't remove Elon Musk from Tesla. Mm-hmm. If Elon Musk says something wild, Tesla's Tesla stock attacking. might just go down, right? Yeah. And then I usually then say to most people, who was the founder of Google uh-huh. or YouTube? Yeah. Not a lot of people know. And this is you like super techie. You yeah, actually won't know. know. You actually won't yeah. know. Like, yeah, actually even me right yeah. now, I just asked that question. But like, yeah. I used to know, but like, yeah. I'm not sure. I always confuse them. I know, uh, I think it's Larry Page. I'm not sure if yeah. he's the Google guy or he's the YouTube guy. He's one of the guys. One you know of the guys. guys. Yeah. He's one of the guys. He's one of the guys. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like, they've built a super, super amazing business. And it's yeah. like, for me, it's like, you know, am I trying to be in the shadows and just like pull the strings behind the scenes? Or am I yeah. trying to be the face? Yeah. I haven't figured that out yet. So, you know, time will tell, but... Time will tell how to <laughs> get to it. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Because you know. I even looked for Google on, on the stock market. Yeah. And I realized it's actually not under Google. Yeah, yeah it's under like Alphabet or something. Exactly. Yeah, it's under yeah, Alphabet. Yeah. And Alphabet has crazy stocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yo, I couldn't believe it. The first time I found it, I was like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's just one of those things, like you're saying, you know, like it's it's always interesting to just be behind the scenes, you yeah. know, pulling the strings yeah. and seeing how all these things grow, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah, Robin, but like, yo, Robin, be, beyond like wine oils, you know, yeah. like what are, what are some of the ventures that, you know, that you look into? What are some of the things that interest you? And, you know, like what, 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 what are some of the things that drive you as a person just beyond like looking at wine oils as a business and as, as something that you do? on a day-to-day basis okay so i think for me um one of the biggest things that drive me is uh first i'll start by saying that i am super passionate about zimbabwe mm-hmm. right and i think um i'll speak in terms of my own personal experience whereby i think okay. a lot of people go through a natural stage of questioning do they want to stay mm-hmm. in the Republic <laughs> yeah. or do they want to leave the Republic? That's a know? very important you know question. I mean? It's a very important question that I think yeah. uh, most young people really kind of tackle and question themselves. Right. Yeah. And there are very, you know, good reasons to leave and very good reasons to stay. I always say that it really depends on your endowment point. Yeah. And, but what I mean by that, it depends on your starting point. So like mm-hmm. once you recognize as an individual, what you have and what you don't have, and mm-hmm. then you're then able to really kind of assess the kind of moves that you're trying to make. So yeah. in my particular instance, you know, my parents work very, very hard, mm-hmm. right? But I also, it's not like I've, there's like a business that I'm like, okay, I'm then going to run like my parents' business, et cetera. Yeah. That's not my, that's not, that's not my starting point. Yeah. If that's someone else's starting point, I actually say, let's normalize that because that's yeah. like, what that is actually black wealth. Yeah. I was <laughs> you know, like, let's, let's normalize people's kids mm-hmm. then taking over some other family-run business because that, that's mm-hmm. definitely what I'm trying to do in whatever venture, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like so I'm trying to build up. something, not so much kids, but like something that can outlive me, Okay, you know? Yeah. So I think to then answer your question is mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about Zimbabwe in the sense that I genuinely believe at the bottom of my heart that the next big thing in the world or in the region or in Africa is going to come out of Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Zimbabwe has the perfect balance of like constraints mm-hmm. 
and and like kind of like opportunity it's a weird it's a opportunity weird yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird mix because yeah. like there are a lot of constraints yeah. but within that constraint there's a lot of opportunity and mm. there are a lot of creative people doing a lot of fantastic things right yeah. now and i feel like sometimes as business owners we're forced to really innovate and think of creative ways of overcoming certain challenges that we we might face yeah so be it like a currency thing or whatever the case may be that you're mm. facing and like through someone figuring something out like that, mm-hmm. something big is then gonna come. That's actually of real, real value to not just Zimbabweans, but like the broader, the broader world. But also then adding on to that, I'm super passionate about building brands. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm super. I think that's one thing that I feel like I'm naturally drawn to. Okay. It's like building brands mm-hmm. that last. For me, it's like once again, I think this references um a Strive Masio interview that I once mm-hmm. watched. You're saying that. All these big uh, multinational companies that you see, yeah, they weren't always multinationals. Yeah, they were started probably by like a small team, one guy, two guys, two mm-hmm. ladies. You don't know. Yeah, like DHL, I think was started by like two guys, and they had like one one truck or whatever, and they were like um, moving things around. Mm-hmm. So for me, as Robin, people are going to space, man. Yeah, like people are literally <laughs> leaving the planet, and it's like, so who am I? Yeah, to they not believe in myself? that I'm actually able to build something with global impact. Okay. Right? I see that, yeah. The sky is literally not the limit anymore. Like, yeah. people are literally, like, shooting, shooting for the stars. Shooting for the stars. You know, so for me, it's like, beyond wine always, it might be wine always, it might mm. be some other venture, but for mm. me, it's always, my thinking is always geared around how can I offer, if it's not a service, or mm. how can I offer impact yeah. that will genuinely touch people in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. And how can I scale that? I was saying that um, my biggest thing is um, taking Zimbabwe to the world. Okay. And I think it kind of speaks back to my philosophy around the community of people that I'm working with. Yeah. And it's like, I see so many fun and exciting brands that are growing right now in, mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe. Soul Dreams. Shout out Soul just Dreams. To, just to mention a few, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and a whole lot of other ones that people are starting the most amazing things. I think mm-hmm. Obey God recently just launched. Yes, All those yes, things yes. can like really become super, super amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Gucci didn't mm-hmm. start off being Gucci. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versace didn't start off being Versace. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all about being bold. Yeah. And believing that you can genuinely achieve a lot of things. But it's, it takes a lot of takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of strategy. Mm. And it takes a lot of conversations. Mm. And I think me and you um, have been speaking quite a lot around trying to just get, you know, like-minded people mm-hmm. around a table and, and just, just sharing ideas. Yeah. Because... You as a Nesu, mm-hmm. through your life experience, you might actually then have identified something that could really ach- help me achieve my mm-hmm. personal goals beyond wine always, beyond whatever it is that I'm trying to do. Fact. So beyond wine always, I always say it's deeper than rap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like wine always is just one vehicle for mm-hmm. the things that I'm trying to do. Do I know what it is that I'm trying to do? No, no. I do not. Mm-hmm. But I know that I possess the ability and I know the way that my mind is set up mm-hmm. that it's going to come, you know, because yeah. I'm searching, I'm looking, Yeah, you know, I'm searching, I'm looking, I'm in the space, I'm being active. And when mm-hmm. it comes, man, it's going to be silly. Yeah. You know? And, you know, for me, I think, you know, like you're saying, I think for me, the thing that really, one, inspires me, yeah. two, something that really drives me forward, and three, something that really, like, gets me in this space, like, it's, like, 
it's not like overdrive, but it's like go, go, go. Yeah. It's like having conversations with, 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 which is primarily one of the reasons why we even started this podcast. Yeah. Is having conversations with young business owners, um, young startup owners, young people who just want to, you know, build something that will outlive them, as you said. Yeah. You know, because what that does for you is it makes you realize that at the end of the day, the objective is the same. Yeah. Right. But the parts are completely different. Yeah. Right. But within each business, there are certain things that you can pick up and say, look, if this is what these guys are doing, you know, I could learn something from that. Yeah. You know, and the lessons are infinite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which which goes back to, you know, that breakfast club that we, we you know, we've been talking about uh, quite for, for, for quite some time. You know, you guys should look out for that as well. Yeah, um, so hopefully we when, when when restaurants open. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're lower First back on the list. Yeah. First on the list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We need to get to that. You know, and, and being in that space, you know, we, we I think that we don't have enough space like that, especially in Zim. Yeah. You know, where where we where we can just sit down and have conversations and, and help each other grow. Yeah. Right. Not only from a business perspective, but even just, you know, just shifting how you see things. Cause once you shift yeah. how you perceive something, yeah. that's when opportunity just opens up for you. Big facts. You know, and 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 that's that's something that I'm super excited about and, and looking forward uh, going into the, the, the last quarter of the year, you know, to, 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 to do that with you and, and see where, where that goes and what sort of businesses come out from that. Yeah, yeah. certainly, man. And yeah. I'm super excited for it as well. And mm-hmm. I think, like I said, like I'm just transitioning to a space where um, it's not so much less talk, but it's just like mm-hmm. my talk has to be backed up by action. Yeah. You know, just being super intentional mm-hmm. and planning things out because sometimes i think there's a tendency of trying to do everything at once Uh but sometimes it's like no actually i want to do this but like let's actually just kind of plan it out and fit this in here 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 and here i'm still not perfect at it it's so hard being organized timetable and schedule that is difficult and one thing that i'm realizing even just through some of the reading that i've been doing is to reach a point of self-actualization so reaching a particular end goal that you'd have set for yourself yeah so let's say you're someone who's maybe driven by money and wanting to become a millionaire for example yeah because that's probably the simplest way i can get this across currently i am not a millionaire all right yeah so and currently the things that i'm doing i'm i'm not sure in terms of like my process Mm -hmm. won't get me there so like what is it about my process that I would need to change to get there. Like, okay. um, I got that from this uh, from this gentleman. I forgot um, what I was watching, but he was basically saying that to make the first million is the hardest. Mm. Why is it the hardest? It's because you've never made a million before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he wasn't saying that then the next ones after that are easy. Oh, easy but yeah. it's just like the first one is hard because to make that first one, there's certain parts of your process that you need to change. Yeah. Right. Thanks. So what does that look like? So maybe you like being a sack on the weekend, mm. but maybe the process that you need to change is maybe putting in four hours of work from like eight until, let me get my math right here, eight, nine, <laughs> 10, 11, 12, eight to 12, yeah. you know, and then you yeah. can go see the homies. Yeah. And not um, that example obviously transcends just the money money example that I just given, but that, mm-hmm. that goes with anything. Yeah. To become whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. I think inherently as a person, you know if you're doing the things that are going to get you there. Facts. You always know. You will know. So, like, yeah. I already know that, okay, fine. A lot of people outside looking in might mm. be like, oh, man, Robin, 
you're doing a lot and it's just like no i actually am not because <laughs> i'm indisciplined <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. actually indisciplined <laughs> yeah. because i actually won't be doing the things that i need to be doing yeah. when i need to be doing them yeah you know and it's just like really trying to always find yourself in that space where mm. you're super motivated um super determined super disciplined and it's hard and yeah, it's hard it's very... but yeah man um that's i guess those are some of my my words and how i'm trying to make it one in zim and just wine always and just business and robin for the future nah that, that i'm super excited to see where wine always goes i'm super excited to see where robin mashlang goes oh. you know how high we can take it <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's, it's it's definitely going to be an exciting journey you know always you know always just you know always catching up with you it's always been it's always a great time bro yeah uh, thank you so much for for coming through you know for getting everyone in and fulfilling yeah. the script yeah you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a super pleasure um but like where can people find you you know if you, if people want to find um how can they contact you to find like where they can get um some wine noise how can we follow dreamy fridays and how can we sort of like get in touch with you okay great so uh, I'll, i guess i'll give out all my details so yeah. in terms of just like maybe personal questions or if you want to inquire further about something maybe that either myself or anissa has touched on you can reach me through my instagram handle uh which is what is my instagram handle? i think it's i think it's robbie underscore bobby yeah. so r-o-b-i-i underscore uh b-o-b-b-i-e um and then for wine always uh you can find us at wine always zw both on instagram and facebook and yeah i look forward to engaging with anyone who might be super interested in to finding out more about wine always or about robin the person yo that is robin everybody from wine always uh again thank you so much for coming to my bro uh i hope you have a lovely evening thanks so much for having me on instagram remember it's wine always serving oh. you wine always baby let's go <laughs> let's go it's your boy summertime twaggy signing out and you've just been inked welcome to creative Ave radio